Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Hey there, beautiful people. I'm Hope Balfa, your IGC Life Coach, and I'm here to guide you on a transformative journey like no other. The Breakup Baddie is the ultimate podcast for those who are ready to break free from the shackles of bad habits, limiting mindsets, and one-sided relationships. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Breakup Baddie. This is your host, Hope Balfa, IGC Certified Life Coach. As of yesterday, and I'm here with a full circle moment, the person who got me to stand for my highest self and to sign up for life coach training, Sam Sinet. How are you, Sam? I'm so good. It's it really is a full circle moment this week and everything. I love that. Yesterday we had our ceremony for uh, graduation of our class. It's a big deal. Ah, yes. Okay, so I'm going to tell everybody a little bit about you. Here is Sam's bio. Sam Sinet is a licensed clinical social worker and certified life coach and owner of Sam Sinet Coaching, LLC. Sam has a passion for helping people reclaim their power, make decisions for themselves, and take ownership of moving their lives forward. Outside of being a business owner, she serves as, as an adjunct professor at the University of Texas at Austin, Steve Hicks School of Social Work. That is a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Um, and is considered a national expert in the treatment of com- combat-related PTSD and prolonged grief disorder. In 2020, Sam sensed she needed an an energetic shift in her career, so she enrolled in an ICF-accredited life coach training program with Inner Glow Circle, hey, earning her certification, and has since provided over 500 hours of coaching to people in individual, group, and self-paced capacities. Sam is the go-to coach for people looking to improve their relationship with money, embrace body neutrality, and learn how to uphold boundaries, and who are looking to launch or scale a small business. Welcome, Batty. Thank you. (laughs) That's so long and slightly unnecessary. (laughs) But I mean, that's me in a nutshell. You know, but look, here's a nod to even your website where it's like, you know, at some time in your life, you've been told that you were too much, too loud, Mm -hmm. too this, that. And like, even the fact that we're like, oh, that's too unnecessary. It's too much. I'm like, you, you are much greatness. Thank you. So you keep that that bio. You keep that bio long and extra because you have freaking earned it. Okay. Yeah. So y'all, Sam is a badass. So of course we have our shared social work background, which is really cool. And naturally, you know, we, we found ourselves in life coaching because um, I know for me, I, I didn't want to go into therapy. Sam did. And like, she did the damn thing. Um, but I was like, I'm an empath. And I just kind of sensed that I would take everybody's shit home with me. And so, um, I went into like community organizing cause I wanted to change like systems and structures and bigger things. Cause in my mind, I'm like, I'm not too close to the issues, so it's not going to affect me bull. <laughs> I just get more stories. And like, I am, I get the broader picture as we sit here looking over the whole city of Waco and the Alico building. Mm-hmm. Um, we get the bigger picture of the systemic issues and so some now i'm coming back down to the micro level person to person where i'm not doing therapy but i am um, still working with people in their lives and somehow that seems better for me right now yeah but i saw your announcement that you are transitioning out of doing uh clinical therapy yeah so, yeah big change tell me what happened yeah nothing happened well i mean I like just what made the decision you know all that good yeah. stuff 
Yeah, you know, I mean, really my life circumstances changed. Mm -hmm. I have, I made the decision several years ago when I initially decided to go into coaching that I was no longer going to uh, live to work, but I was going to work to live Mm -hmm. and that um, I was no longer going to do jobs that made me compromise on like my deepest desires for my life or the way I wanted to be spending my time. So that meant creating a business and creating a career that worked around my lifestyle, which part of my life is that I'm a caregiver. I'm a caregiver to my younger brother and my mom. I go back and forth between Texas and Michigan multiple times a year. It's a lot. And um, in order for me to continue to be there for my family, which is my number one priority, I cannot be seeing so many people one-on-one, weekly, bi-weekly, et cetera. I have to... Um, I had to make some changes where I could create the same amount of income, work less, mm. if you will, mm-hmm. um, but but still make an income. And so for me, that looks like really transitioning out of the therapy practice and um, being able to do larger scale projects and coaching, which yeah. I also feel like I'm I'm ready for that. Like I love to travel and yeah, girl. and so, yeah, it's it was a hard decision, though, because being a therapist and social worker. It's been so much of my identity, but like I am so much more than my job. And, um, and I don't know, there's been like grief over it. Like Mm -hmm. truly I had been sitting on it for over a month before I publicly announced it. And then I don't know, I just over the weekend went to a retreat with, uh, with other women and was like, yeah, I've got to do this. There's no right time to do anything like huge in your life. It's like a form of a breakup. It's hard. Which I will always be. And I think like, that's what makes you and I special is we have this background and all of this knowledge of like, what's what really impacts people. Like Mm -hmm. it is not just surface level. I have this goal. It's, I have this goal and this is where I come from. Mm -hmm. And we, understand how to help people out of the trenches Mm -hmm. so to speak so it's like I will always be those things but I don't need to hold on to things just because I'm good at them or because others affirm like this is what you should be doing I'm allowed to make those decisions for my freaking self girl say say, say it again because it's so like it sounds like we can gloss over that, like what you just said. Yeah, I don't want, you know, we don't need to hold on to things because other people, but like we really do. We really do stay in careers and relationships and churches and friendships because it's what people see, like what they envision for us, what they imagine us to be. Like even being a straight woman married with two kids and a picket mm. fence now, like to break up with just other people's ideas of who you are, like a social worker, a therapist, and, and, um, we don't realize how much power that actually has over us. Like me, like being a social worker, it's like going into honestly, life coaching was a way for me to kind of bridge the two for myself of like convincing myself, my $140,000 in student loan debt isn't a waste. And like the years I spent in social work education and the years I spent, like I didn't necessarily work to be known as a great social worker, but once you stack on those years of experience, you're like, yeah, like I have these credentials. I have these qualifications. Like I've earned all this. And then it's like, well, what do you do with that whenever you step out of that career field and you're no longer being called on as the expert community organizer, the expert XYZ that you have earned. Mm. And so it's scary, but you get to recreate this whole new path for yourself Mm. where you're like that is just one of it's like the octopus with the tentacles like that's <laughs> one of the things that feeds into you that makes you who you are but it's like this bigger umbrella and I remember like getting on the phone with you where I was like I just feel like I have these fragmented parts of me and you were like yeah life coaching hope is that umbrella for you like mm-hmm. it brings everything together where you do have all these 
random has like job experiences and careers that I do y'all I've been did y'all know I've been like I've been uh Chuck E. Cheese before like I've what? been <laughs> I worked at Chuck E. Cheese I've, I've worn the mouse costume bro that stuff was nasty but I've done so many random things and it just all comes together under this umbrella of life coaching where we get to help people reverse engineer their goals and get them where they want to be do you love like it's kind of intimidating for me right now but do you love working with people on like business the business planning mm -hmm. side and scaling mm -hmm. their business yeah because I really had to do a lot of my own learning around that I was so intimidated you know the number one reason why women don't start businesses is because the patriarchy makes them feel like it's too complicated. Um, so we receive all these messages like, yeah, there's no way you could actually start one. There's so much that you have to know and do. And yeah, it's just in, in, you know, small businesses, most of them fail in the first five years. Like these are all of the messages that women get. And really, y'all, starting a business is not that hard. It is choosing to stay inside of your business when your personal life is maybe not it's on the rocks if you will um that is the hardest part and because women we have so many different roles that we play in our families and our communities like that is why our businesses fail is because we don't have adequate support to keep our businesses going when our personal lives are on the rocks so for me it's not just about teaching people the logistics of how to start scale sell market etc it's teaching specifically women owned businesses and you know women teams how to stay inside of their mm. business mm. and keep their vision when their other responsibilities start to rise up and take precedence God, so, so good. it's more about the process than the destination 100 percent. yeah i love that i'm i'll never forget the first time i ever noticed i had that aha moment we were in social it was my last year in social work and we're working on our asset map because i did community mm. practice mm -hmm. instead of clinical and so we did this big old asset map project and i worked so hard for my asset map to be so useful and so helpful. Um, it was a La Vega ISD. And so I was like, focus on this damn asset map. And it was, girl, toiled and labored and cried and snotted. And like, that was honestly the semester before, I think I took a year off of college because it was, it was 2016, the, the Trump election happened, the campaign, everything. And I had a newborn and a two-year-old and he was speech delayed. And I was just like, this is enough because I'd worked so hard on that asset map. Come to find out when it came down to the grading, Dr. Yancey was like helping us. She started asking me certain questions. And I soon realized that the asset map product was not even like what she really wanted us to learn or produce. Mm. She was like the strong, the most magical thing that happened. And now I can call it magical back then. I was so mad at her because I was like, why didn't you tell me this on the front end? So I didn't obsess over this dang, like the literal manual, like, a, like uh, the resource manual. But it was like the relationship that happened within, because we would pull in community members, like parents, firefighters, doctors, whatever, anybody, teachers, and they would all meet up and we would work on this map together. And it was like the relationships that happened between them, the ideas that they came up with on their own, the, like they were taking an idea and running with it. And then like the sense of safety and security, like they built these friendships. So it was really the process of like, we were working on a project, but the process was like the magic, like what she really wanted us to see. Yeah. And every time I see something, like which you just did when I was like, oh, do you like working with business? And you're like, well, it's actually like the stay in the business while everything else for women is on fire. I'm like, oh, that's one of those moments where we really focus 
on the product or the output when the thing that keeps us from creating that is really all our social dynamics around us, the expectations people put on us. Mm -hmm. Like women, you like when you said um, when your world, like your social life is kind of unstable. Well, for men, it's normal for them to just be like, hey, I got to go to work. So like they leave the house, y'all figure it out type like if they're in a relationship and they're starting a new business, it's like expected for men to be like, hey, I can't really deal with this right now. I've got to handle my business mm -hmm. for a woman to be in a relationship and be like, I can't handle this right now. I've got to go in or like she's got a whole family at home and she tells her husband or her partner like, babe, figure it out. My business is calling like mm -hmm. that. You're so right that, that it's not that we don't know how to be business owners or we don't have the capacity. It's the external things around oh, yeah, us. And it's both. And I think, you know, your brand being the breakup baddie yeah. and helping people break up with, um, you know, identities, jobs, relationships, et cetera. That's that's what it requires, you know, like for the vast majority of people starting and maintaining a business requires them to break up with the former identities, whether it's in their personal life or their previous career, whatever it is, in order to do the thing that their heart actually desires. And for women, that means breaking up with this idea that you have to choose, right? Like you can, you know, as a woman, you can't really win. So mm. it's like, oh, I have to either be um, you know, like my children's mom, or I have to be my partner's wife, or I have to be like this corporate boss lady. Mm -hmm. I have to choose. And there's only so much space for a couple. So maybe you can pick like two, <laughs> yeah. but anything else, no, there's no way. So I think part of, you know, with what I do to support women-owned businesses is I like remove that requirement that they have to choose. Mm -hmm. And we figure out a way to blend it all and like make it live in harmony so and that's because that is what I had to do I have a family situation where I literally cannot choose like mm -hmm. I have to me I'm I'm you know single I I don't have children um I sometimes feel like I do with my brother but <laughs> it is just me there's no safety net so it was like I still have to make income but I still am like committed to being here for my family so yeah it's got to work this way gotta work. and it I mean there was a lot of failure and a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of crying in my car and cr just oh gosh cried more in like from the year 2020 to 2021 like setting the pandemic aside just about like what I was <laughs> creating be like how do I do this but I, you know, event, I'm just someone where I, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And I will tell you if you are trying to, um, you know, break up with something or someone that isn't serving you, like that is honestly the first step is you have to make a commitment to stop quitting on yourself and stop quitting on every single thing that you want. Mm. And you have to make the decision to quit the thing that's depleting and soul sucking you. But like, once I made that decision, I was like, this is it. This is a definitive decision, a decision of me saying I I am claiming what's coming for me and I'm ready to take aligned action to get there and I will not quit even if multiple people told me you're crazy for starting a business during the pandemic you had the right setup with your social work job you had it made um there's no way that you'd be able to sustain yourself if you're only working six months a year yada 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 I just was like yeah well someone else out there certainly has has had to have figured this out right there's so many people and so such yeah limited scarcity fear-based <clears throat> like and like now we know anytime people give us their opinions or whatever their advice unsolicited a lot of times but like is it through the lens of is it fear-based scarcity based limited mm. beliefs their own limited beliefs like all of that just sounds like other people's fears being projected onto you 100%. instead of them like 
yes, we want to be reasonable, whatever that means. I think the secret sauce is you got to be a little bit delusional. Like oh, if yeah, you're you going to open a business, you got Delulu. I saw that. <laughs> I was like, it's so true. You do. Because like we are envisioning something that doesn't exist yet. Or just even in our realm of like Waco. Um, but sometimes in like our whole social, our families and anything, it's like we're creating things that don't exist. So we are delusional by all intents and purposes. Like we're just imagining things that don't exist. So mm-hmm. we're hallucinating. Yep. Call me crazy. What would it be like for y'all to take a second and reflect on all of the fears that you have currently in your life about your situation or what you want like write those all out write down all every single fear that you have just do like a fear dump on a piece of paper and when you're done look at that and ask yourself where did this come from or who did this come from and notice how many are actually not yours to begin with Mm -hmm. they feel like yours because it's been your narrative for so long but like really try to reflect on where is the root was it a person in your childhood was it something in the media was it what everybody else in your class was doing when you were younger was it this you know the status quo for whatever culture spirituality background you come from that's also something that I feel like everyone can start doing is Mm -hmm. like notice where your fears actually come from and give them back to where they belong and so that you have the energy to make your own decisions about what you actually want to be concerned about I think I think that's part of the whole breakup process too again is like there's all this fear and like leaving what's familiar even if it was again depleting you or um it was destructive for you there's all this fear it's so much easier to stay in the heart of what we know even if it's painful Mm. but in order to actually you know move your life forward you have to release the fears that are not yours to begin with absolutely No. One question I ask everyone because it's the breakup baddie. What is one of the most significant breakups in your life? That could be a mindset. It could be a person, job, relationship, anything that um, you was probably like the hardest breakup, but it really like catapulted you into like a more aligned, abundant life. Mm. I guess this is a mindset one. Yeah, mindset one. It's not imposter syndrome, but I, on my website, I call it otherly syndrome. Like as, as far back as I can remember, uh, as a child, I would, I grew up in a really rural part of Northern Michigan, by the way, like I, my high school graduating class from public high school was 37 people. (laughs) So, um, I got 10 times that. Yeah. I like got a lot of inspiration from magazines and like, uh, yes, a hundred percent. Cause they're just, yeah, it it literally. (laughs) So I just remember being a little girl and like looking at what other women were doing and always thinking like, well, that makes sense for other people. Like, it makes sense that other people – it wasn't me saying to myself, I couldn't. It was me disqual- disqualifying myself. Yeah. Like, yeah, that life, that makes sense for other people. That that level of success, that m- income, it makes sense for other people. But where me, where I'm from, right. my family, mm. no, that doesn't make sense for me. You know, my dad didn't graduate high school. My mom had um, – I think she took, like, one college class and then – my uncle, her brother got sick and then my mom started caregiving for him. And, um, 
So my parents never got to like do a whole lot because of their circumstances. And I just assume like naturally, well, I'm going to follow suit. Mm -hmm. Like it just doesn't make sense for me. Mm -hmm. And the older I got, the more I realized like, damn, I was out here. I mean, I have a memory of being like six years old. Um, uh, watching like a Britney Spears music video and I loved singing when I was little singing and dancing um, and I remember like truly thinking to myself like well I wish I could be someone that could sing and dance I mean I could sing and dance at that age like I, I could do all of that but I never I never did I never asked to do anything with it or even picked it up as a hobby until I met you when we were doing Zumba or Yay. you know whatever whatever we used Zumba to do refit turn up now turn yeah up. literally yeah um <laughs> but it's breaking up with this mindset that like I like I'm disqualified from things for ambiguous reasons you know but then as I got older obviously society and cultural norms and the media now social media you know reinforces yeah no that's mm -hmm. for other people that ain't for you so it's been something that I've had to do a lot of work around to break up with this mindset so that I can now my mindset is well damn if she could I could too yeah. and um I borrow belief from a lot of women that are doing oh, the things good. that I want to do um not in a comparison way but just as again I've had to do a lot of things self-taught and so I'm like okay well I'm gonna I'm gonna check out what they're doing and ask them questions and borrow belief that it's possible even even if our lives don't completely match up. Right. So yeah, I feel like that's been the most significant. And that's the one I have to keep breaking up with over and over and over. Yeah. Like as I, you know, get older and like take my life, my business to different levels. So Good. Oh, thank you for that. Um, I, I want to bring up something else that mm -hmm. I love about you that people on here don't yet know. Sam is known for being like, the kind of accountability. So you are, you know, you're not for everyone. No. And my style is not effective for everyone either. Like you just, you need different levels or different types of style, you know, dep depending on your background and your trauma and stuff like that. Um, but Sam is very much like calls you out on your BS. Like people, if you are a person who like, you need tough love, you need the hard truth. You need somebody to call you out on your BS. And like, you're like, Oh yeah, I need that. Like, because for me, I'm like, because, you know, trauma, mama. Um, But I see how wildly affect, like, people love it. And I could imagine what kind of person, really, like, somebody who probably has been given a pass on, so, like, maybe you had people that were like, yeah, girl, sounds great. But, like, you're, you're like, no, if you want to actually grow and change and you want to do better and be better, here I am. And I love it because, like, you are so damn good at it and you do it with the with love it's like always undergirded by like love mm -hmm. but it's so sassy <laughs> and so like do you plan whenever you jump on because you'll do your makeup you'll just be doing anything you'll be cleaning or whatever you're doing caregiving and you just hop on and you have the most brilliant things to say and it's so zingy and whatever and like I love it because I can watch it from a distance <laughs> and receive the message without being like, ouch. But I'm like, damn, you got some girls that you, some women that you coach that you're like, sweetheart. And you, and it's face to face. Like, I'm so fascinated by that. Where oh, do you man. find your clients? Like, who are these people? And have you ever had somebody break up with you as oh. a client? And I just have so many questions because you're brilliant. Like the things you say, I'm like, damn, she's right. Bro, she's so right. Like, you helped me so much. 
Yeah, but tell me about that. Just like how you came to become this like more because you did share on your story one time. Like you're like, yeah, I had to become that. Like this is what it, I don't have time to waste mm. beating around the bush. Mm. Like if you want my help, I'm gonna give you my help. And this is how it comes. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so I love that for you. So yeah, tell me about that. I don't know. I just yeah. throw a bunch of shit out there at you, but no, it's fine. How did I become that version yeah. of myself? Well, I mean, honestly a lot of grief and loss, like mm -hmm. realizing how like precious and sacred life is and like truly understanding uh, morality. And I won't go too deep into that, but I've gone through a, a lot of significant, profound grief and loss in my life at a young age. And um, I mean, I teach that course now at like a graduate level because it's impacted my life so much. And so that for me is where it comes from is like the clock is ticking. Mm. The clock is ticking. And um, I really don't, nobody knows when it's going to be their time. And so that is truly like the underpinning of where that's coming from. Um, you know, especially caregiving for my brother now it's like he's basically outlived his life expectancy and so every day is a gift mm. it's like really a gift and so for me I'm like if you have the energy the bandwidth the time do it mm. like literally stop making excuses stop complaining and do something different like if what you are doing is not working you have to make a change so where do I get my clients I mean most of my clients end up getting quote-unquote pre-qualified through finding me on social media because like you said they consume my content and slowly but surely I feel like they come they come in closer and closer and closer mm -hmm. where they're like okay at first this was abrasive and this was a lot <laughs> and then over time they're like damn actually this is where I'm at now mm -hmm. because I've I've tried all these other things that are either more passive or or slower or gentler or whatever and it's not that I can't be that yeah. but I just think there's so many people who are like they're they spend decades of their life teetering on the edge teetering well, there's so much value in your style you can you can find the softer slower you know you can find yeah. other stuff elsewhere I'm like I'm like I mean hi guys but like I was like because we you got to understand what your strength is and like 100% and, and some people they have to start there first mm -hmm. like so then you asked, have clients ever broken up with me? So I wouldn't say formally, yes, but I've definitely had clients <laughs> that have come into like group programs or like my membership and they uh, slow fade into the background. And I'm like, well, you know, that's your autonomy. That's okay. Um, come back when you're ready. And yeah. and that's fine. Again, like I'm not for everyone. And, and um, part of, I think, being a coach and having a coaching business is that like you have to commit to finding your people. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, yeah, I give people the opportunity to self-select out by, you know, unfollowing me or whatever they got to do. But yeah. um, but yeah, I think it, my directness and my bluntness comes from like this. It does come from love, but it comes from like all of the loss that I've had and really recognizing that like there mm -hmm. truly is not a right time. Yes. Do certain circumstances have to kind of line up for you to actually pull a trigger from time to time? Of course, of mm -hmm. course. But um, to think that there's going to be like a magical, uh, ha ha, yeah, like right. this is it. Like the it's door has opened. It's never going <laughs> to be. It's never going to be that way. And um, yeah, a lot of my clients, they just they need that initial like shove. And mm -hmm. once they're either, again, I always tell my clients, I'm not tied to y'all's outcomes. Like if you go through this process and you decide, I don't want to, for example, break up with my partner. I don't want to start that business. That's great because now it came from you. Now it was your mm -hmm. own informed decision, empowered decision. Now you're not sitting in the fear of failure or fear of the what ifs or 
what have you, mm. you know, it came from you and you can make peace with that decision. That like that Ooh. is so much part of my, yes. my brand is helping me people just like make powerful decisions but be at peace with what they leave behind in the process yeah. one way or another, you know? Yes. So oh, I don't know that. if that was answering that. your question. No, but for sure. I think you answered all my questions yeah. on that one. That was so good. Do you, whenever you first started out, cause now people find you on social media a lot. When you first started out, how was it? Um, did you have like a friend group in Waco? How, what was the initial spark to get your name out there? I had like barely any friends. Um, because I, I mean, I, you know, went to Baylor for undergrad, then I moved away, then got a job, came back to Waco. Mm -hmm. And um, when I first started, my very first client was a woman that I graduated high school with that we had lost contact with. And um, I knew she was going through a lot of things. And I just reached out to her and I was like, this is really, really strange and bizarre. <laughs> um, I recognize this. And I just enrolled in a life coach training program and I need a couple of people to help me get started. Uh -huh. And I know that you've been going through a lot. She had been kind of open with some stuff on social media. And I just said, would you be open to a conversation around that? And she said, yes. And that was my first one. My second one was with a colleague from the VA that we weren't, we were in the same department, but we weren't on the same team. And she was really wanting to leave and create her own business but it was a lot of confidence stuff that was holding her back mm -hmm. and then my third client ended up being a woman that I met in grad school who was um, a nursing major like we did an interdisciplinary class together we had each other on Facebook she became a single mom unexpectedly mm -hmm. and so she again had been sharing and I she uh, I think it was kind of mutual like I maybe made a post and then we I messaged her and she was like oh my gosh I was actually going to message you so I did a I mean I still do yeah I just hustle this whole idea that like hustle culture I mean I just may not be the one to talk about this because <laughs> I'm like there's been no other option for me except yeah. to hustle and but you hustle with that like you hustle but you also it's know strategic what to take care yes of it is strategic hustling for yeah. like short sprints and then so there's I like rest. the hustle it's the grind like the hustle and grind like the when people are like grinding the millstone whatever whenever you're like candle burning at both ends all through the night but like seven nights a week and now you're sick and you're no but like there's certain seasons where you gotta hustle oh yeah and but for, for me it's the the ground I don't know it, it's something where you push yourself beyond the point where you actually need to and it mm -hmm. becomes more of an addiction yeah. or like fear-based like if I don't then it's all gonna fall apart yeah but like there's some where you're doing it out of like nah I need like I, you feel like a, a responsibility a conviction a a vision um you have a fire a motivation but like I think people are more intuitive than we give ourselves credit for like I had a friend we were talking about he works a lot he hustles too and it's like he caught himself being like, I think I'm just like a dick. Like I don't. He sent me a video, and it was someone saying, you know, when you have drive, you just nothing's good enough. And it and it's this guy kind of saying it like in a positive way, but like <laughs> me and him were both hearing the problem. He's like, you know, you achieve something, and and you get to that point that you you've been dreaming about, and you know it doesn't feel the way you thought it would feel, and you just keep. But you're never if you're a really ambitious person, you are never satisfied. And he's mm. like. I mean, I'm a hustler too, but like, I don't think that sounds healthy. It doesn't need to be <laughs> aggressive. Like, mm -hmm. you know, one of my favorite weekly hustles is on Saturday mornings. I go post up at a coffee shop and I do work for like three hours and I call, call it like, it's like my cozy work session, but like it's on a weekend. I'm like getting it on a weekend after I worked five days, but I enjoy it. I don't yeah. know. It's like my little time where I don't have anything coming up later and 
but people are like, oh my God, you work on a weekend. Why do you work for yourself? What's the point of working for yourself if you still got to work six days? And I'm like, I don't got to do shit. I'm doing this because. (laughs) That's the point. Exactly. Yeah. So again, part of what I do, especially again for like business owners is I'm helping them learn how to strategically hustle and there's plans and there's, you can only be, you know, selling, creating or maintaining. You can only do two of the three at any one time. So you do have to choose, like you can't do all three all the time. Mm. So part of it is learning again, how to strategically select, like what, what am I doing? And you could say that for personal life too, you know? So Anyways, Ooh, um, I love the, the jewels. You're dropping some gems some on nuggies. us. Some nuggies. <laughs> nuggies. <laughs> I love it. Do you do you have your own podcast or you've just been on the IGC podcast no, a lot? Right? I've or been. Something? Yeah, I've just been on other people's podcasts. I mean, IGC, I've done a couple, but there's been some other women that I've done a few here and there over the last yeah. year. Um, and I really enjoy it. But like right now, I again, like I said earlier, I do not commit to something I can't fully see through. There's no way. So it's always really, I I really enjoy coming on and getting to like hear how other people, I don't know, even like perceive me. uh Um, but, but no, I don't have a podcast and I don't have any plans. Girl, you gotta come back. We got some nuggies. Yeah. Um, I, here's another fun one, but it could also be sweet or sad. Um, (laughs) what is, (laughs) you're not sad. It's a Friday. (laughs) What is one memory uh in your whole life one memory that you like want to hold on to forever it's like such uh, a great it could be like what i said like last moments or something that might be sad but like it can also be like oh one time I went on vacation when i was a kid and yeah you know yeah it's like a memory that you mm. want to remember forever mm. oh no i'm gonna just look this way um <laughs> because it's like i'm looking at baylor um when i graduated mm. college um Yeah. And my dad got to see. Um, and he died shortly unexpectedly thereafter. Wow. Um, but he didn't graduate from high school and he was very, very poor growing up, lived in a house with like 16 people. Wow. It was it was a lot. Um, and that's a photo that I have on my desk that is like my mom and dad taking a selfie at the graduation. And yeah, that was a big deal. And I think that like having to getting him to see me like fully see through something and complete it and come out the other side in one piece mm. <laughs> was a big deal. But I think like now looking back, I'm like, okay, shit, if I like defied a lot of those odds or again, what I thought other people do and not what I was going to do. My, my intention was to live in my hometown. I had a serving job at the VFW that I love. The, mm. the old veterans paid me quite well under the table <laughs> and I was content with that. I was really, really content with that. But my parents were always like, you could do something else. Mm. And like, we can't, we don't know how to like help you other than say you can. And I feel like almost that was better than maybe, (sighs) I don't know, some of my friends who had parents that walked the walk and had already done it were like, well, no, this is the right way. My Mm. parents didn't know the way. They just told me I could. So, so much, mm -hmm. even for me as a parent listening to that, I'm like choked up because, yeah. Oh, because you always wonder if you're doing it right as a conscious parent, as Mm -hmm. like a parent who like really doesn't want to F up your kids and like traumatize them. And you still want to like guide them and lead them the right direction with it. But then also knowing there is no right or wrong because like I'm on this like spiritual journey and Mm -hmm. stuff. And so I'm trying to like me and my kids, especially one of them who shall be unnamed, like have talked about like past lives and stuff like they remember like, uh, yep, it just came up in conversation like uncoached. And so. 
I'm trying to be really open-minded, but to hear you say like literally all my parents did that was so effective and so right and good was say, we don't know how to tell you to do successful things, but you can. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Cause like, think about the, the other side of that is parents who be like, you're dreaming too big. You know, you stay in the small town. Oh, honey, you're, you know, you're getting a little hunt of yourself. Like literally all they did was like, all we know is you got this, like you can do Mm -hmm. it and look Mm -hmm. at you. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, that definitely sticks with me. And I feel like, um, like you were saying earlier, it's not always about like the, the end product that you're creating. It's about what was the experience on the way there. And Mm -hmm. even when I've hated certain things that I've had to do to, to get to where I'm at now, I'm like, okay, I'm going to look back on this and I'm going to be glad that I didn't give up because it was hard Mm. or give up because other people gave up or I don't know. It's also just trendy to complain all the time. Like it's people get annoyed when you're like, yeah, I had a good day. Yeah, I'm happy today. (laughs) Like, Like you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that I just was like looking out and immediately there's so many other ones, but that one feels profound because then I lost my dad and I just, I feel like there is that part of him my directness is him. Like mm-hmm. my directness a hundred percent is him being like the grit because again, he didn't graduate high school. So he had to do a yeah. lot of things. I remember one of the first stories you ever shared with me, we were having lunch after a dance fitness class and you were, we were meeting up. I think it was Years a Chipotle. Ago? We went to Chipotle. Chipotle. Chipotle or something. I'm pretty sure it's where it was because I had stopped teaching there and you had noticed there's one of the other happened mm. and you, we just met up and basically, you were like or this is what I remember and received from it is like you being like hope you're not alone you're not crazy like I saw the things that you saw like the the reasons why I left or had to leave in that season because it was like a it was like a family it was like the only sisterhood Mm. or only support system I had outside of my home and my home at the time um we were going through a lot in my marriage and so to lose this other extent like this other safety net it was like you know, and then and then being a child, like I had been abused for so long in my life, in my childhood. So like I blame myself for a lot and gaslight the hell out of myself. And so you were like, Mm-mm, girl, no, mm, I saw I saw the things that like yeah. like you're not alone. You're not crazy. Um, and so that just made me like what that did in that moment was so powerful. But you shared that day I was running the Waco Immigrants Alliance at the time, um, maybe had just started it. And you were sharing about your dad his business and like you told me a story about Mm -hmm. someone that was working for him who like just didn't have his papers his um residency or his visa papers on him and ice showed up immigration was like where's your papers and he like they were up in the hotel room and just because he wasn't caring you remember this yeah i i'm adhd but there are certain memories that are seared (laughs) and you're because i could visualize it because like i think that's also one of my spiritual things is like sometimes i like not like astral travel but like in my mind i'm like physically there feeling what that must have felt like for him to be like detained just because he didn't have his papers on him and like your dad was like so upset and so and I just remember it I didn't know anything about your dad not graduating college all for all I knew your dad was like the successful business owner who went through like a university but just remembering like wow her dad like had worker like people working for him that he like cared about and respected and loved and like I remember you saying how it upset him and how like I was like just from that one story, I was like, her dad sounds like a caring man who works hard and like takes care of people and honors people. And I don't even think you, I don't even think he had passed yet. Whenever you told me this story, no, no, because no, I don't no, remember you didn't passed. cry or anything like that. No, and like, he's still around. yeah, and he, you were just talking about your dad, and I was like, he just sounds like such a good guy, and I want to meet him, you know. But now, yeah. you know, I get to 
see part of him through you. Yeah. But I was like, he's a cool cat. But that same guy about, mm-hmm. that was detained and, you know, got sent um, back to Mexico when my dad died. I, I'm sure he'll do it again this year. Him and his family send my mom flowers on the anniversary of my dad's death every single year, like a handwritten card. He contacted me through Facebook, and and um, I had to have one of my girlfriends kind of translate it, essentially. But um, he continues to follow, like to check in on my mom and I and ended up disclosing to us that once he was sent back, um, there's a lot. After someone dies, it's like you find out all these things. But, yeah. <laughs> And this is not the point of the podcast, but just to <laughs> just to give everyone the end of the story yes, and close the loop. No. When when he was sent back to Mexico, shortly thereafter, his wife got into a really bad car accident, and um, they didn't have any money for the bills because of everything that had happened with his detention. Yeah. And my dad paid for all of his medical bills and <sighs> or her medical bills and. Um, my like my dad was giving him money to to pay for um lawyers and things like that and for him to be able to come back and um it's we didn't know any of this like all of this came out because these men and women like stepped forward Mm -hmm. because my dad was like such a pillar in their lives i mean we were getting sent like ostrich skin (laughs) cowboy boots and medicine bags for my brother and just all these gifts that's a big deal (laughs) no that's what i'm saying like we were getting sent all this stuff and i'm like what is going on why are what are these people doing and i guess my dad was like a huge huge deal for these individuals that worked for him and many of them started working for him when they were quite young and my dad like raised them up and gave them a trade and because that's what someone did for my dad so for me a lot of my life as a coach as a therapist as a human being is just trying to make it easier on the next person for Mm. their go around Mm. because like what else are we doing in our life if we're not just trying to move something forward for someone (laughs) like uh yeah so anyways that's the end of that story i'm glad we got over here y'all crying because like my i don't get to work with the immigrant population very much at all anymore since i'm not doing that work with the immigrants alliance and so like you it just took me back to like the relationships and the quality of life and i mean the quality of those relationships like what your dad did for them like I just know being on the other side helping people through their deportation like fighting their deportations and like getting to know the family and like the trauma and the resilience and the beauty in those fa- like you, my gosh that was so and of course I became a it's all coming full circle it's yep. like and then I became a social worker and I always thought well yeah it was because my mom's caregiver and my nana was a caregiver for disabled no, kids and yada 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 but then I'm like, yeah, the whole time my dad's out here running a whole underground construction nonprofit, like yeah, literally without center. literally <laughs> I'm like, so it wasn't always just about like my mom. It was also about my dad. And that's only come with time. So anyways, I love that. Yeah. And that, that ties into the whole idea of breaking up with the idea, like these boxes and binaries and structures and everything's got to be official. Like your dad, legit, like workers defense project based out of Austin, um, the one that I know about. Like they do job training and skills for like they literally like what your dad was doing unofficially without having a nonprofit. And now like your dad was doing it. He was mm-hmm. doing the work. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so it's funny. like we don't have like if you have something that you're passionate about, you love 
Um, you don't have to have a certain label. You don't have to like get the skills and training, whatever, like on YouTube or join. Like for me, I did a six month coach training program and only because like Sam had, you know, Sam put the stamp of approval. I didn't know anything about IGC before. And so like, just don't make it harder on yourself. If there's something you want to do and there's a friend you trust that recommends it and you trust their character, like I trust Sam's judgment for obvious reasons. And so, um, like there, if there's a dream, if there's like, take the next step, like Sam said, don't mm-hmm. like do it now. And you don't have to go from zero to a hundred. You mm-hmm. can just go from zero to one and then <laughs> one to two. That's et progress. And then maybe someone's got to come in somewhere and like kick you from 20 to 25 or something. Right. But it does not, again, this aggressive, like just do it. Shia LaBeouf. Have you ever seen <laughs> that YouTube? Video? Just do it. It does not have to be like that. It can just be zero to one. And I guess that's where my gentleness comes in, you know, yeah. like, I don't, I'm not like forcing my clients to do things they don't want to do. It's just. No, you, you at the perfect time, you know, when to put the fire underneath, underneath them, you know, I love that. Okay. I was going to say, normally I ask like, what's one (laughs) mantra, like one, um, statement or one nugget or one thing you want to leave people with? Yeah. So do you have one? The only way out is through. Oh yeah. The only way out is through. I got that from, um, uh, guy that I worked with my first year out of grad school um, when I was working at what is now Fort Cavazos because when you change the name everything is better um, <laughs> but uh, yeah this guy that was uh, I was doing PTSD treatment on I was like okay so are you like ready for this he's like yes ma'am the only way out is through and I just wrote that on my notes and it stuck with me I don't know I just am like, yeah, the only way out is through. If you want anything, you're going to have to come out of something. And in order to come out of it, you have to let yourself go through it. Mm. But support is available to you. There is so much support out there. You 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 have to ask for help if you need it because nobody can read your mind. Mm. so we have the internets yeah. and we have the Google and yeah. there's so many ways there's two one one texts like truly there's just the YouTube. I mean, you could you there's could so learn a whole career. And on part YouTube. of it is like, where do I start? But mm-hmm. like you Somewhere. said, if you know, like one person, yeah, just start. There. I feel like the universe yeah. brings like certain things. I feel like I it's my personal belief that all things are working together in our favor. And I think that things align and things little things that you may think was a coincidence. I don't believe in that. Like there are people in your life. Just open your eyes, open your mind don't limit yourself to what things have to look like how they have to arrive to you or show up there may have just been one friend you ran into the grocery store or one ad or something you saw and it spoke to you like we we get so used to and numb to like we'll feel something and we're like overstimulated so we're just like oh we'll just gloss over like um no but practice listening to your intuitive voice like see where that leads you when you start listening to that that inkling you know in the church we call it the holy spirit (laughs) (laughs) i was like that thing that like you just know like when it's time to make an amends with someone or when it's time to like you just know when something's like right for you and good and 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 sometimes it's a big scary thing but sometimes it's just a little thing like get up and go brush your teeth because you know you need to and it's gonna make you feel better you know Mm -hmm. it can be the smallest things that really change the way you view yourself that others around you in the world um so that being said where can everybody find you sam um, on the gram, y'all. On the gram, yeah. I just keep it simple. That and it's <laughs> I that's what ha- Sam I mean. I said. have a, I have a website, samsonette.com. And if you want the shenanigans that Hope was talking about, if you want to um, get the fire lit under your ass for free, you can go <laughs> yes to um, Instagram, and my handle is that's what Sam underscore said. 
So Yay. And Samsonet is S Y N E T T. Yes. Dot com. Yeah. Samsonet. Thank you so much for being on here. I want you to come back on because I have so many questions about like what you learn through doing like PTSD, like working with veterans. Mm. I'm, I'm sure you have so much wisdom to help um because as social workers we know that some like they're the client and we're the therapist or the social worker but like we learn so much in the process like we receive a lot like the going through you have to go through to get to the other side so i'm gonna hit you up and get you back on the show sounds whenever you're in town thank you for making time like you were you if there's anyone who's as busy as me or busier it's you like i'm like if sam can do it hell i can yeah so well i love the hell out of you you've been in my life for a long time and i support all the things that you have going on you just have to stay the course you have to believe in yourself and stay the course and same too all of you believe in yourself stay the course and find people who will convince you to go after your dream and not convince you of all the reasons why you shouldn't Mm, preach on that (laughs) note y'all have a wonderful for us it's the weekend but wherever you're at right now Get a fancy cup of coffee. Do something special. Make your zhuzh. Treat yourself. Something treat to treat yourself. yourself. Get a green tea latte or something and enjoy the rest of your day. Or if you're just starting out, um, focus on all the good things around you. Um, gratitude. I've learned recently to reconnect with gratitude and, and it's it's such a help. So love y'all. See y'all on the gram, the breakup baddie. Um, and if you ever want to send in like questions or your situation or whatever, you can email me at the breakup baddie at gmail.com. Um, DM me, whatever, you know where to find us. Y'all have a wonderful one. See you next time. Bye-bye. Subscribe to the Breakup Baddie podcast now. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. Find me on all social media platforms at The Breakup Baddie or email thebreakupbaddie at gmail.com. It's time to break free and unleash your true potential. Remember, the power to change your life is in your hands. So let's do this. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.